what is up everyone welcome to another episode of chat with dan this is your host dan for this episode we have an amazing guest as always coming to the show but before we start i want to make sure that you're having an amazing day or evening depending where you are and also remember that every day is a beautiful day because you exist so without further more let's get started How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, thank you so much. Also, thank you so much for being here. Uh, okay. It is super cool to have someone as talented as you here on the show. So, before we start, I have to give you an epic welcome. So, if you have seen some of my episodes, you know exactly what I'm about to do. If not, that's fine. Uh, let me show you that. I'm very excited. There you go. Oh, thank you very much. That's very sweet. There you go. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, starting with a whole interview now, tell me like how your acting career started. Oh my gosh. So, um, wow, it feels like a long time ago. I'd say fourth grade actually. So I've been okay. doing it for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, I've been singing ever since I was very little. My family can attest to that. But um, yeah, I did my first show in fourth grade. I was an Annie. And I was Miss Hannigan, if you know the show, and um, I've kind of just been smooth sailing since then. So for a very long time, I've been doing theater. That's amazing. So yeah. on your website, we will see your resume. So let's start with uh, educational theater. So we will see plays such as Wizard of Oz, The Crucible, The Sound of Music, Link, Macbeth, Magic Flute, Darling, and Wonderland. So tell me what are some of the highlight moments that you had during those plays? Yeah, sure. So um, that's sort of a mixture between both high school and college. I kept sort of, most of them are university level uh, theater, but I wanted to keep some of my favorites from high school, of course. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'd say it's been really interesting, the difference between high school theater and collegiate theater, because there's just, I remember doing my first show, I go to NYU for musical theater, mm -hmm. um, and the difference in, you know, the levels between the two is so different. But um, sort of starting, I guess, at the beginning of them with high school. Um, yeah, the high school ones that I did on there are Wizard of Oz, the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, The Crucible, and Sound of Music. And those were just, I mean, to be complete, even though they were in high school, were four of my favorite theatrical opportunities, especially The Sound of Music. I mean, my friends still make fun of me because I still talk about it, even though it was over five years ago, because um, I just had so much fun doing that and I got to play Maria and it was just I would I would give my left arm to play Maria again I absolutely adore her but then in collegiate settings I've been really fortunate to do a very big variety of shows mm. um I've done straight theater I've done Shakespeare I've done um musical theater I've done opera yeah. so it's been a very interesting variety and some of those shows also have been reestablished. some mm. are workshops so for example you know the uh the Scottish play, I get superstitious to say the actual name, but, um, you know, obviously that's a very established show, but we did our own sort of take on it and it was incredibly fun and challenging. I, until then, had only done, you know, Shakespeare monologues and a couple little scenes here and there, but I'd never done a full play. So getting to do one, I mean, I'll just say it, whatever, like Macbeth is just, I mean, such an exciting opportunity and it was yeah. so much fun, directed by wonderful people and doing it with incredible people. And then um, my most recent one 
pre-shutdown was Wonderland, which is written by Frank Wildhorn. And that was that was a very fun experience. I had a really, really good time. Um, it's a show that was on Broadway for, I want to say, I think it was about like a month or two, and it didn't do too well. So we actually were the first sort of group to rework it and to we worked with Frank Wildhorn. We worked with a lot of, we were an incredible director, an incredible writer, the scripts, we, it was changing every single day. We'd get new pages, which is something I personally hadn't really done before. So that was a really cool experience to be so flexible. And I mean, I remember on opening night, we cut a song. So it, it was completely, it was all over the place, but in like the best possible way. And it was so much fun. And it was also like a very heavy dance show and dancing, you know, of acting, singing and dancing is definitely like my lowest one. Like I definitely consider myself more of an actress and singer. So that was a really, really good way to grow. But um, yeah, I had so much fun with that. It was such a blast. And then the magic flute, you know, was doing the magic flute, you know, one of the mm. greatest and most famous operas of all time. And that was so much fun because we put a completely different spin on it. Yeah. And it was so cool, you know, singing in a different language on a very big stage. And it, it was a really, really good time. That's amazing. I mean, the fact that you have been involved in so many things here and there, that I think that besides the whole learning experience, it also makes you also grow as a person, right? Like uh, yeah. the fact that you can get involved into a lot of things, meet like a lot, a lot of new people here and there. And also that the fact that you're kind of uh, on the same room, which is kind of uh, expressing, I mean, creating art, That is so cool. Oh, it's amazing. And that's one thing that I'm so thrilled that, you know, Broadway is back and we're starting to, you know, slowly get back into yeah. live theater, especially after, you know, a year and a half, almost two years of not having it. Mm -hmm. It's been so thrilling to, you know, I, I'm still in, I'm a senior at NYU. I was supposed to graduate last year and then COVID ruined everything like it did for a lot of people and getting to be I mean, even just the simple act of singing on a stage in front of others is just, has been such an incredible experiment, experience to have after not being able to do it for yeah. the longest break I'd ever had. I, not doing theater for a year and a half was the longest break I'd ever had since literally elementary school. So it, it's been really, really wonderful to be back in that. Yeah, that's so cool. Now tell me like, what are some of the things uh, or techniques that you usually do in order to prepare before going on stage? Do you have like a, I don't know, like a go-to meal, a go-to song, like? Yeah, well, I definitely, I have some really good warm-ups that I are on my phone, like in my voice memos that I've sort of collected over the years. Like one thing that I was told um, as an acting student is you sort of emulate a, a toolbox mm -hmm. of different, you know, tools and warm-ups and things that work for you. I've, you know, for a very long time sort of collected, oh, I like this warm-up does this for my voice, this does this for my diction, this does for all these different things. So I definitely have a lot of warm-ups I do, especially, you know, depending on the show I'm doing or if what I'm singing or if it's a straight play. Um, you know, if I'm doing something like The Crucible or Macbeth, I will do a lot of like diction exercises. Yeah. And, but if I'm doing, you know, a musical, I'll warm up my singing voice. One thing I also do a lot is I, um, I found that listening to music is incredibly helpful to get you into the mindset of a character. Um, I tend to make playlists sometimes okay. for a character to sort of get me into what the character is feeling and what they're going through, especially in shows where you're kind of coming in like the middle of the action. Mm -hmm. Like I remember mm -hmm. when I was doing The Crucible, I, you know, I entered, because I played Elizabeth Proctor, and I remember I entered in a very, um, it was a very heightened emotion. 
and you couldn't just kind of jump into that. So I remember I would listen to music and I would listen to different instrumentals or words with lyrics to sort of get that mindset. Um, meals wise, I mean, I'm very cautious to not have dairy because lactose intolerant and does not do good for the voice. Yeah. Um, I love having like, as boring as it sounds, like salads or soups or um, pasta. I love, mm. I love a good pasta. Mm. Um, make sure to floss though before I go on stage. But yeah, I'd say those are like the big things. Um, I also do a physical warm up, even if it's like a regular play, I'll still do really good stretch um, in all parts of my body, just to sort of get my body yeah, into absolutely. it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely differs per show, for sure. Okay, okay, cool. Now, moving into your regional theater section, Lucy, The Play, The Beauty and the Beast. So tell me about your character and what are some of the things that you enjoyed about it? Sure, so this was actually my second time doing Beauty and the Beast and um, Disney has been a very big part of my life and I think we're probably going to talk about that later on. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I, it was my first regional production and I mean, I love Beauty and the Beast, it was so wonderful. Mm -hmm. And basically, so I played, if anybody knows the show, there's these three silly girls okay. and I was one of them in the movie, I believe called The Bimbets. Mm -hmm. which is a very interesting name. Um, and then I was also the understudy for Belle, which was really, really exciting. I, this is my, it was my first official time understudying Belle, my second time kind of doing it. When I had done it the first time, I'd also understudied her, even though I didn't have like the title of mm -hmm. Belle understudy. But that was honestly one of the hardest experiences I've actually ever done in theater, because first of all, I, again, dancing is not my strongest suit. So the Silly Girl track, it's, a very dancey track. So I remember I was very surprised when I got cast in that because it's, I mean, they're featured dancers within the show, especially in the song Gaston, if you know that song. Um, and one thing that was also really tricky is every scene that Belle is not in, the silly girls are in, and vice versa. So I think in the entire rehearsal process, I had one night off when everybody else would be like, oh, I'm gonna go chill at home. I'm like, I'm at the theater. Um, and that was really tricky because I I never officially had to learn two tracks and I actually never had to put in. I had only a couple little rehearsals here and there to kind of learn the track. So it was very dependent on myself and thankfully my other cast members who were lovely and were like, hey, during this break, do you want to run this? Because I wasn't getting, um, because I don't think they had anticipated that this, they told me that this was the first time ever having an official understudy before. Yeah. And so they, I don't think, had fully figured it out. And I remember that, yeah, I had some really, really wonderful cast members, like the guy who played Gaston, the guy who played the Beast, um, Mrs. Potts. We'd all kind of go off to the side during our breaks and we're supposed to just be relaxing. And they're like, let's run this. And I remember like two days before the show, they're like, we should probably have you do some of these big numbers. So that way, if you have to go on, you don't like kill anybody. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> But um, it was, everyone was so lovely and it was so, it was just so interesting having to learn two tracks like that and two tracks yeah. that differ so much, especially because I unfortunately did not get to go on as Belle. Hopefully one day I will. She's my favorite. I love her. But she, that character means so much to me that I was like, if I do get the opportunity to go on, I want to have to do it. I want yeah. to really, you know, have her be my own. And I also didn't want to copy what our other actress who was doing when she was wonderful. Oh my gosh. But I was like, I want to make this my own. So it was, you know, working on the song separately. Thankfully though, the music director and the choreographer I had become friends with and they were like, let's work on this. You know, everyone was very, very supportive, but I had never gotten like, let's run the whole show. Yeah, yeah. 
which was uh, definitely a little stressful to say the least. But it was a really good learning experience and I definitely would want to do it again. That's so amazing. That's <laughs> badass, amazing, epic. Thank you. I mean, I don't know what else to say, but besides being a badass and amazing, that's so cool. Wow. Thanks wow. so much. You know, it was a my, lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. I bet. You know, like uh, the name of my the name of, uh, of my brother is actually Gaston. Oh well, there you go. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and, I would love, 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 love to do Beauty and the Beast again. Yeah, I can totally agree on that. Yeah, that was that was definitely one of my favorite uh, films back when I was little. You know. Watch oh, it's beautiful. It. Yeah, it's one of the, it's it's one of those like you must like you must need you must need to uh to uh to uh to skid for sure. Oh my god, yeah, one hundred percent. Totally, totally. Now, like how you usually prepare a character uh before a play? Do you have like a again? Do you have like a a technique you always do or yeah. a thing you do? So that's a really good question. I. Um, I'm really familiar with the Uta Hagen technique, and that's something what I really love doing is figuring out, you know, a character's objective in each scene, a character's relationships within each scene, okay. and the relationship not only to the people, but to the setting that they're in. The one thing that I have is I sort of have this um, breakdown on the computer, and I'll do it with pretty much every character I do, even if they're, you know, a tiny ensemble part here in the world, or if they're And I'll basically go through every single scene that they're in, and I will be like, okay, Every other person in this scene, what is my relationship to them? Am I meeting them for the first time? Am I, have I already spent time with them? Have I had a romantic relationship with them? Am I friends with them? What is that relationship? Especially with the ones that I primarily interact with. Yeah. Um, then I also go through the settings. So for example, when I was doing Beauty and the Beast, even as like a silly girl, I was like, okay, what is my relationship to the tavern? Mm -hmm. When I was doing the bell work, I was like, okay, She's in the castle for the first yeah. time. What are what are all of the feelings that she's feeling? What are all of the, you know, the relationship to each prop and each mm -hmm. set piece? Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you feel about it? Because I feel like that gives the most flesh out you can be instead of just being like, I'm gonna learn the lines and the director told me to stand here, so I'm gonna do that. You want to dig into those things and really understand their relationship and all of that. And then also going through every single scene they're in and being like, okay. Even if the character doesn't realize in the moment, but what is my objective in the scene? What am I trying to obtain? What am I trying to obtain not only from the scene itself, but from my, you know, scene partner? Yeah. So that's something that I'm very, I have like a very analytical way of going about it because that's something that just helps me get into a character. So um, I would say those are like my biggest things that I kind of do. Yeah, totally. I yeah, I do think that that it's that, uh, I mean, and I've seen it also throughout like my whole show here with the interviews that acting goes, goes far more than just learning your lines. Oh you could tell you could tell sometimes whenever there will be a performance that they just learn the lines and that's it. It looks like a cardboard box. Well that's the thing. We are we're always yeah, we're always told that you never want to look like you're acting. You want to look like you're being. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. It's like even if we're seeing a mythological character on screen, we want to understand that person and relate to them and understand their motivation. And if you just do the very big surface level work, like learning my lines, I stand here, I talk to this person, blah, 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 it's bland. It's as you said, mm -hmm. it's like cardboard. So it's so important to be able to understand those relationships because the more detailed you go, the better your performance is gonna be. Totally. And totally. that's something I've learned with time, because that's, you know, when I was younger, I literally, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna learn my lines, I'm gonna learn the song, I'm gonna do this. And it's boring and it's bland. And you know, that might be fine when you're growing up, but when you want to do this professionally, yeah, 
literally, literally anybody can go learn how to do that. Anybody can learn and memorize lines or go stand and talk to this person. It's mm. finding that character's motivation and objective and who they are and making them as human and, you know, making that connection between the audience is just so, yeah. no matter totally. what we get Totally. Now, what are some of the things that you enjoy the most about, about preparing and playing character? Because I think that it is that one of the good things here, or one of the amazing things to uh, to play a character is that you get the chance to be somebody else. You get the chance to learn kind of new things. And also it's kind of a break of yourself for a bit to be like, you know, to push you away for a bit so you can be somebody else for a while. So like, what are some of the things that you, yeah, that, that, that you love the most about preparing and playing character? Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love it. It's there's truly nothing else I want to do with my life. Mm. Um, as you said, it's it's really refreshing, nice to kind of step out of your own skin for a little bit and put yeah. you know whatever problems that you have kind of leave them at the door. Like one thing I especially love with live theater because you're able to do it so many times. You know, film and television is only something I'm starting to get into, and I I love it and I love the differences between the two. But with you know theater because you get to do it so many times. You know, you get to do it. You know, if you're lucky eight times a week, you leave it all at the door. You're able to come in and step into another person's shoes and experience life as that person. Mm -hmm. Now, with the cool thing with acting is, and witnessing acting is, it's a snapshot of a person's life. You're not seeing their whole life, you know, unless you're like watching a movie that goes from the person's birth to the end of their life. But even then, it's so interesting because it's a snapshot. It's a snapshot. And you're able to kind of step into those shoes and leave your issues, whatever you're dealing with at the door. And, you know, as human beings, we're constantly dealing with tragedies and hard things in life. And one thing that's so refreshing as an actor is to be able to just leave that at the door and mm. go somewhere else. And I just, I love that. And I love also, I find with every character I play, no matter how minuscule or how large they are, you learn something from them, you know, you, and that helps you grow as a person. I mean, you're learning and witnessing other experiences. And that's mm -hmm. something that's so special. And you can't do that in any other profession unless you're an actor. Yeah. You know, you can't, it just, it helps you understand the human condition. And that's something that's incredibly powerful and that totally. I love. Totally. Now, what would you say it's an, it's um, an, an important aspect for storytelling? What do you mean? like? Uh, how acting is an important aspect of storytelling. Yeah, like, uh, like let's say that, uh, yeah, like, yeah, like for example, we're gonna have like this play. So, what do you think that it's an important aspect for the story, for that play, to be mm -hmm. uh, a successful one, like the writing or the character? That what do you oh, think? Oh yeah. Before the so, I mean, I think it's it's such a collaborative effort. You know, mm -hmm. not only do you need a good script, you need a good. Yeah, not only do you need a good writing team, you need a good directing team, you need good producers, you need good actors, you need good musicians, all of it. I think that one thing that's also so exciting about acting, whether or not it's a stage show or a film or a television show, it's such a collaborative effort. So every single person, every single job means something. Whether you're acting and you're the lead actor or you're doing lighting or you're working as an intern or you're the director or you're the writer, every single one thing that's so cool about that is it's such a collaborative effort yeah. and like every single person their role is so important and you couldn't do it without them so that's one thing that i love about it it's not you know everyone sort of is like oh go focus on the actors and like one thing you know obviously great you want to pay attention to them but also you have to pay attention to every single person who makes it happen the set decorators the lighting team the producers the director the um, makeup artists the 
designers. It's it's a very collaborative effort, and that's something that's so special. So I think that's also one thing. It's a job that requires everybody to come together. It's not just dependent on one person. Yeah, totally. And we will see like a lot of um, yeah, like let's say like mainstream actors who will go back to theater because of the whole experience. And I do think also that 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 the whole that at the end of the day you you end up being like a family or like this big team in which uh we need in which we all need everybody to work at the proper time and we will support each other otherwise if, if someone falls a lot of pieces can fall as well right exactly yeah it's literally everyone is everyone is together with it and it's yeah you also you're right you do become such a family you're being so vulnerable and you're letting people see other sides of yourself that you might not show on a daily basis. Yeah. So that's why, you know, also being comfortable in a theater setting is so important. And that's one thing also with like intimacy directors that are starting to become into, you know, come into light. Like people don't realize how many people are involved yeah. in totally. either again, a production or a film or TV production or any other sort of acting medium. There's so many different levels and so many different connections that it's so important to have be able to be comfortable with each other. It's so important. And I think sometimes in the past, we'd kind of gloss over that. But now with a lot of, you know, things coming to light in the theatrical and the film industry, it's really important to bring those people that make others feel comfortable and make them feel valid and whatever feelings come up. Yeah, totally. I agree on that, 100% on that, yeah. Now, we will see also on your resume, the professional theater section, then we will see the play History of Light. So tell me about your character and also about the play as well. Sure. So that was a little while ago. Um, it was it was really really fun because I got to work with uh, Greg Edelman, who was a very big name in the theatrical community, and it was it was really cool because it was it was a musical but with the music of Gilbert and Sullivan. So it was an opera with a bunch of different Gilbert and Sullivan songs mm -hmm. telling a you know completely different story. Yeah. And it was very it was a staged reading which was really fun and i got to play a bunch of different characters and it was a really great time and i got to work with a lot of older actors that i you know might have not known as well and getting to work with such i mean greg edelman he's a really big name in the theater community and it's like one tony yeah. he's a really big person to work with so to work with him and just learn from him and one thing you know that i personally love in acting and especially theaters you get to learn from everybody around you mm. so i feel like every single theatrical experience you have just helps you grow so hey. it was i loved it that's amazing and, and, and uh, i wonder like what's the goal that you try to achieve when you are performing on theater Ooh, well my my big end well not end goal because i don't think you ever have an end goal is you know of course like broadway film television that's the dream but i find that in a specific show, my sort of goal is to just be as present as possible. Okay. And that's one thing that's incredibly perform uh, important when you're performing, is to just be as present as possible. You know, obviously you want to hit all the notes, you want to, you know, you want to act well, you want to do all of that, but you, you want to be present and you mm -hmm. want to live as that character. Not saying, you know, method acting, that's not my personal style in it. Yeah. But just being being present is so important and it's hard. It's very hard because I mean, I remember when I was younger, my mom would be like, oh, what am I going to go have for dinner tonight? In the middle of like an intense scene. It's like, no, you can't let that happen. Granted, you yeah. can't shame yourself for that happening because if it does, it does, you move on. But it being, when you're so present 
and you're so you're like I it's not that you're emoting because I find that that's one of the worst words you can use with mm. acting like I'm gonna go emote no that's that's not that's not acting it's yeah. being the character and letting any emotion that you have as them come from an organic place and I find that to be my biggest goal whenever I'm performing just being as present as possible that's amazing now what what do you think it's one it's uh, an important aspect for a play to be a successful one Oh, um, it's a good question. I would say again, it's it's all about the collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I mean, a big part of it is the material. Sometimes, you know, I've done, <laughs> I won't name names, but I've done a fair share of shows where the material just is not it. And you're like, oh, this is gonna be interesting. And you know, you you see everyone working their butts off to do to make it as good as they can. But again, you know, that's I think the big part of it. But um, also, of course, the direction. Is incredibly important and if you're able to really connect with your director and have a healthy relationship with them and to be able to talk about these kind of things where you're like able to sit down and be like okay what what is your intention with this character this is what I'm thinking you know have those collaborative talks and then of course the acting performances you want it's incredibly important to see actors be vulnerable and to see them be rather than act. I think that's yeah. sort of my thing that I've been working on as an actor is just being like just knowing that like you are enough and mm -hmm. that you feeling these things as the person is enough. You don't have to go, you know, be like, oh my God, my life sucks. Like, no, that's yeah. not, that's not acting. So it's, yeah. it's all about me. And I find that to be the most important thing. In, in that's amazing. That's super cool. Wow. I mean, so far I could say you're epic. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. <laughs> Now, if you could describe your career at the moment in a play, What would be the title of it? I've never gotten asked that before. Oh my God. Like in this moment, ah. I don't know. Because like my my life, um, I'm not allowed to like talk about some of the stuff that's coming up for me, which I'm yeah, very excited sure. about because I've signed legal documents. Um, yeah, I know, I know. But it's, it's, you know, I'm kind of having a turning point in my life right now that I just never sort of saw coming. Mm -hmm. And I don't, know how it's gonna go so maybe I, I don't point? know what I title it because I, I have truly no idea where my life is going at this point I have some really exciting things coming up that I'm very excited for and I hope they go well I really, yes. really do because it could be a, a big game changer but kind of yeah I mean I don't know what I call it but that's a really that's a really good question I've just never gotten asked that before so that's that's so interesting I'll have to think about that and get back to you I got two I got two names I don't know what you think the first oh. one would be The calm before the storm. Oh, you know, I like that. Deep, you know, it's kind of deep. It's kind of okay. I Or like the that. second one, which is breaking point. But I think breaking point sounds more like a. That sounds like I'm gonna fall apart. The, yeah, yeah, and it's kind of the title for like a TV show, you know? Yeah. I don't know, like whatever. I, I like calm before the storm. It's kind of yeah. at least this, at least this moment in life, this week is kind of the calm before the storm. I would that <laughs> literally. Yeah, so it's a, It's intriguing. It's deep. I mean, you don't know what it's gonna. You don't know what it's uh, what what it's about. I mean, you want to know what what the storms. We need to watch it. You know, it gives like yeah. that. I like that. that. Fun. The calm before yeah. the storm. <laughs> There you go. And if at some point you you are you're gonna make like your own like your own film or play about your your career, we can go back here and be like, I got a title now. You know, it's like exactly. a future investment. You're like, I'm ready. There you go. <laughs> That's it. Now, uh, also on your website, we will see wish upon a star voice lessons and princess parties so yes. tell me like where the idea to create that came from yeah so um this has been a really 
big also part of my life that sort of changed my life for sure. Um, I, for a very long time, was like, I want to, you know, those princess party companies where they'll go to like birthdays and they'll yeah. drop princess and sing and all that. And I always wanted to do that. But I also love teaching. Um, I remember in high school, sometimes I'd help teach the music for the musicals. And I've always kind of loved working with young students and teaching them how to sing. Uh, vocal pedagogy and technique is incredibly important. And I love talking about it. I'm a big nerd about it. So um, I remember actually it was during the pandemic. I was literally on a walk with my mom and we were talking because, you know, it kind of sort of the end of the pandemic has started to become a bit more real. We were like, oh, this might be a little bit longer than two you know, and um, I was like, what do I do where I'm not just sitting on my butt? You know, because that's so easy. I think that one thing to do you know, during the pandemic, it was so easy just to kind of sit there and watch TV. Trust me, nothing wrong with that. But I just, I knew I would go a little stir crazy. So I was literally on a walk from my mom. I remember exactly where we were. I was like, what if I started a company where we teach little kids how to sing while dressed as princesses? And we were like, how would that even work? And then it kind of just started clicking. And I remember that that day, we went on to like mom groups on Facebook. Yeah. We like, is this something people will be interested in? And we got very good response very fast. And I was like, oh, this is something that there is a market for. So remember, I ordered the costumes. I you know, got the, the wigs and the backdrops and the lighting and all of that. And it's something that happened very quick. And it's just, it's something that kind of happened out of, the, out of the blue. But yeah. now I've been doing it for almost a little, little over a year and mm -hmm. almost a year and a half. And it's been such a big game changer for me. You know, first of all, it's a way to earn income, which has been great. And, but one thing that's been so special is it's still a way to perform, even though, you know, cause we still are in a pandemic and things are still not great, better, but you know, we're still in it. And especially in, you know, the thick of the pandemic, I remember just being able to perform. And I'm also a giant Disney fan. I loved it growing, growing up. And means so much to me. Granted, of course, I cannot say that I'm affiliated with Disney because then I could get food and that would not be good. Um, Disney, please do not sue me. <laughs> but it's the ability to perform. Then also, I mean, the experiences I've had with these kids yeah. and how excited they are is the sweetest thing. I remember I had one kid that I had worked with a couple times because unlike typical princess parties where you'll go to you know one party of the kid, you might never see them again. These kids I work with every single week. And I work with as the princess, these literally these kids are like, Rapunzel is my voice teacher. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of how that works. And they'll they'll think they'll be like, that person is my voice teacher, that princess yeah. is my voice teacher. So getting to see their growth and getting to see these literally these five-year-olds and these like six-year-olds understanding vocal technique. And like I'll kind of tell them, you know, obviously in a more simplified version how to do something, but they'll understand it. I think one thing mm -hmm. as a society is we don't give younger people enough credit with how intelligent some of these kids are. And it's unreal to me. Like I'll be like just telling them these little things and even bringing in sometimes these very technical concepts that are some stuff maybe only I learned a couple months ago and they'll understand it and they'll do it. I mean, I remember I had one kid that it was the sweetest thing. Well, I'll have two little stories. Yeah. One of them I remember made a draw. I was playing Ariel. I was doing the little mermaid and I remember this kid made a painting and was of Ariel, like me as Ariel and was like, Ariel, I made a drawing of you. I love you so much, you're my favorite. And I was just like, oh my God. It That's made true. me so emotional because I was like, you know, especially during the pandemic when things were so hard and people were losing loved ones. I mean, again, we still are, but it was a really hard time. 
bringing, being able to bring some joy into other people's lives was so special and so magical, you yeah, know, for really lack of a better term. And then I remember I had this one other kid, again, I think it was also an aerial lesson. And we'd done a couple lessons together and we'd been working on part of your world, you know, the very classic aerial song. And she was like, Ariel, I want to sing for you. And I was like, okay. And so she's literally saying from start to finish part of your world using the techniques we had discussed in our voice lesson. And that blew my mind. This six year old was singing and like perfectly on pitch. And it just, her ability to grasp different things meant so much to me because I was like, first of all, that I'm like, you know, making myself happy. I'm like, oh, I must be doing something right. But just seeing these kids have a passion. I mean, I've even worked with some like two or three year olds who are obviously a bit too young to sort of grasp those things, but it's developing a love for them, a love and thing for them. And that, that's so special because I mean, if I had, I mean, granted, I started, I started very young in fourth grade, but like, if I had this, I would have gotten even started earlier. And you know, some of these kids, they're really good. And I'm, you know, they could literally be the future of performing. So just getting to do that, and I have three incredible girls that work with me. And, you know, we've made this like into a legitimate company. And it's also led to a lot of social media exposure for me that I just never really saw happening, um, like with, with TikTok and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's led to a lot of really exciting things. And I'm just really, really grateful for it. And I, you know, hopefully I'll be able to keep doing this job and working on this company for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Keep doing it. Because I think that the fact that you are, I mean, the fact that you're taking that, that you're doing that and also you are making them think and making them like to feel, laugh, like have a good time and, and like kind of being, being away from this whole digital age, you know, that, that we will see sometimes kids like four or five year old, which already like, like iPads, iPhones and, yeah. and, and just focus on that and not be and not be watching like what the like what the world is you know like like i mean at, at that moment when you're a kid you should be playing you should be a kid you know not not playing on your ipad 24 7 i mean like go out learn something and the fact that you, and the fact that 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 you're doing that that is super cool and also the fact that you're making people happy especially in this very dark crazy times that is super cool and that is impressive and uh and you know what because of that i need to give you a quick super shout out so yeah here we go Oh, that's very sweet. <laughs> that's so sweet. There you go. Now, tell me, like, what can we expect from Alyssa in the future? Well, I do have some exciting things coming up that I'm not. Yeah, don't say. Yeah, not legally allowed to share. But... Yeah, yeah. We don't want. Yeah, yeah. We don't want any any yeah, any legal problems. We don't want to go against the NDA. Yeah, no, but... no, 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 nothing like that. Or any like red dots or something, not like that. No. Yeah. Um. But definitely, you know, keep an eye on my social media because I will be announcing it hopefully soon you know if it go everything goes well hopefully um i'm gonna you know i will be graduating soon so i'm gonna really be jumping into this as a full-time which i'm very excited for there'll be a lot more coming with my company which i'm very very excited for but i'm you know really starting to get into a lot more professional uh theatrical film and tv opportunities so hopefully those come into fruition there's been some cool little talks of it so Hopefully that happens soon, but definitely, you know, keep an eye out. I'm very excited to sort of see Perfect. how these next couple of years, where it takes me. That's amazing. And my last question here, any advice that you could give to those who are recently starting following uh, following the, uh, their dreams? Oh, I love that. Um, 
I think the biggest thing, and as corny as it sounds, like just remember that like you are enough and everything that you do is enough. You know, you, especially in acting, but in, in any profession and when you're trying to follow your dream, there are going to be people that tear you down. There's going, especially on the internet, trust me, I've had my fair share of haters, everybody does, because you're able to hide behind, you know, your phone or your, your technology and you're being rude. And I find that, you know, social media obviously is great, but it can also be incredibly dangerous. Yeah. and you in a very vulnerable dark place and i think that it's really important as someone who's following their dreams block out all the and that's something that i've struggled with a lot and that thing that's i've been learning you know especially as i've gotten more involved in media and more of a presence online with my company with performing yeah people are going to that's just the inevitable it sucks but it's true it's up to you to not let them win and it's up to you to constantly remember that like you have nothing to prove only to share that you have the ability to share your gift and that's beautiful and that you are enough and that you everything that you do is valid and important and powerful and to go just be and share your gifts with the world and also to never stop learning like i find for the rest of my life i'm going to take class i'm going to take voice lessons i'm going to take dance classes i'm going to take acting classes i'm going to continue learning because especially if you're an actor you're you're learning about the human experience that never stops and i find that in any field just immersing yourself in education and learning from the other around you no matter what level you are is incredibly powerful and important so i'd say those are my big things yeah totally yeah that's so amazing i mean yeah I love it. I love him. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. I mean, at the end of the day, you need to be focused. You need to focus on you, and also, do not pay attention of because, as you said, I mean, there, you're gonna have people who don't like what you do, and that's fine. But uh, the important here is for not you to change, you know, because we we could see sometimes that that in order like to please somebody, you could, I mean, they will change. But if you change in order to please somebody else, it's gonna be you. And at some point, you're gonna hate it. And at some point, you're just gonna stop doing it and just waste that thing. You know what I mean? For sure, definitely. Yeah. You know, I would definitely, I would definitely be, would be saying drop the mic. But since I don't have any any mic for you, I don't even have my hard drive. So I would say drop the hard drive. And nice. um, yeah, I mean, you are so so talented here, so amazing here. I mean, if someone if someone would tell me right now, like, how could I describe you? I will be only saying this. That's very yeah. sweet. Thank you. And I mean, at, at the end of the day, Alisa, keep doing what you do. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of people here who love what you do. Keep doing it. Keep killing it because we need more talented people like you, and we need more people who can share like more positivity and more good vibes. And the, and the fact that you're doing that with acting, that is so amazing. So make sure that you continue pursuing that because you are doing it perfectly. So. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right. And also, thank you so much for those who tune in here. If you're watching this later on the, on YouTube or listening this later on the podcast, make sure that you're following Elisa. Normally, what I would say is for you to put pause, then leave a like, subscribe real quick, and then hydrate, and then follow Elisa. Leave a million likes, support our content, share, spread the word that we have on a, a talented, badass, epic, super woman here, and then come back. And again, Alisa, thank you so much. Keep having an thank amazing you. rest of the day, an amazing evening, an amazing weekend, an amazing thank everything. And I'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye.